What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Bible Podcast. I am Richie, joined here by my co-host Rob. And so, so we're not going to talk that much into it. We need these. We need (laughs) this. No more throwing them. So I'm very excited about that. I was. If you're not, if you're listening to the audio to this, I'm holding my baseball glove. So if you guys know, baseball lockout is over. We're all very excited about that. Um, Mets got to make some moves. They got like two days. It's going to be wild. Um, But besides that, um, that's all we're really going to get into with baseball today. Just wanted to do that because we just brought up the glove before we started this uh, recording. Yeah, me and you, we're talking about how free agency is just opening up. And it's kind of like the calm before the storm, maybe with free agent deals. I mean, we just saw what's his name? Rendon or what's Rodon. his name? Carlos yeah, Rodon. I was, I Rendon was Rodon. That's close. And um, yeah, the Giants who are usually good with pitching make, made their splash there. Mm, and, that's a um, big move. Yeah. We, we wait Correa. I mean, Kershaw is likely to stay. We might get a live reaction. Yeah, maybe we might, I, mean, I might get something. Yeah. I was just saying to you how Buster Olney was on the Michael K show and he was saying like maybe tonight or tomorrow things will slowly start to settle in and a bunch of major deals already have maybe come to an agreement, but haven't been announced yet, but we're getting there. I mean, patience pays off as we saw. The one thing I don't like about that, like Buster only saying like deals are like being agreed to already. Then why don't we know? Yeah. What are you hiding from us? like we're in such an age of twitter where like things can happen and not be true or like not be finalized yet like trades you see it all the time in football and uh even basketball especially um in, you, it, i was just gonna say look at harden before like a couple yeah. of days before the trade when the, the, yeah you see, like, the Celtics. you see like they have like interest or, like they're finalizing or it's like it's basically a done deal from like a guy that shouldn't be leaking out information but it comes out anyway <laughs> But so that's my thing. But regardless, I'm very excited for baseball back. We're not going to get into too much baseball yep. today just because we kind of want to wait for everything to happen. We're actually, I think Rob approves of this too. We're going to move to two episodes a week in a couple of weeks when the March Madness slows down. Because if you guys didn't know, I work for um, a company that does March Madness. I don't want to say the name because I don't know about copyright issues. Um, I think you can say the name. Oh, yeah, sure. I work for CBS Sports. (laughs) So um, I work in the studio and stuff. And so I'm going to be super busy the next couple of weeks. So two isn't really feasible. So I'm sorry about that. But once that ends, I think that's like the heart of baseball, like the start of baseball. Um, And basketball is approaching the playoffs. And without further ado, welcome to the latest episode of the Sports Bible Podcast. I think that was a pretty... uh, nice monologue or prologue yeah, i'm not a re- i'm not a reader i don't know. rather yeah rather than the audio Epilogue. book that i bring <laughs> that was clean hello <laughs> <laughs> nah some but um you just gotta act natural you know gotta be yourself oh my personal news that i meant to tell you rob what's that i am home alone right now and no i didn't move out <laughs> i am home alone right now and you know why i'm home alone why is that? Because my parents and brother are picking up our dog. We yeah. just got a dog. Now first dog ever. First dog ever. His it's a mutt, I believe. It's twenty pounds. 
I'll show you guys in the podcast. We named him Gus. <laughs> uh, Gustavo, basically. Um, you know what? I'll 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 throw a picture up on the on the you know podcast. Yeah, Gustavo is the dog's name, but we're gonna call him <laughs> Gus. Uh, I'm excited. I've never had a dog before. I've been watching my cousin's dog a little bit, Presley. And that's fun, and it's it's she's trained, so it's it's easier. But um, it, I'm excited because I've never had a dog, and like it's like it becomes part of your family. I never understood the yeah. whole like emotional connection, but I'm excited now. I'm going to because my girlfriend used to yell at me all the time because she has a dog. It's like I never understood like how people get so connected to them, and then I'm with a dog for a week, and I'm like I'm gonna cry if this dog leaves. Yeah, and like so. I'm this. I've told you I'm on the same page. I. When I was little, I always wanted one. When my dad was a fireman and I stayed with a family friend, I became emotionally connected. Yeah. Like that. And that was the plan that we were going to get one when my dad retired. And then we just moved off interest, basically. Yeah. But if yeah, a, my friends have them and dogs are great. And they're the, part the, of family, to say the least. Yeah. Like, uh, the whole thing with um like a man's like biggest weakness of being strong and tough like it's like a <laughs> wife or whatever i'll agree with that but at the same time you can't beat a dog a dog will break down a man quicker than anything and you know it's but you know we're, we're talking basketball here we're tough you know we we, we drink beer we i don't know i'm not a tough guy <laughs> okay. i'm not a, i'm not a tough guy i uh, I'd, I'd much rather avoid fighting people. So um, every time I'm conversing with you, you always see the cup in my hand. I feel like, oh yeah, I got a, I got this is empty. This is when I poured one out for the Knicks. Uh, this has got a little bit left, and I have a full one next to that. But um, so now that's our story. That's my story. Um, now we can talk about basketball. That's why you guys are here. Yeah, thanks. So Gustavo will be part of the family in about a half hour. Maybe I'll get him on the camera if we're still live. Um, yeah. But um, so to basketball, I think Gustavo could have played better than James Harden last night. Um, <laughs> that was bad, and that concerns me a little bit. But I'll let you go first. What, what's your takeaway from not only the game last night, but just in general? like that whole situation and both teams and the rivalry and everything going on with it. Well, speaking for many fans, as well as me and you, um, I wish Ben played. And that, that was my mindset going into it because, you know, the fake cheers that we saw in Bleacher Report when he went in for the dunk during pregame warmups. Um, until it became a blowout, like you would hear the booze, not just at the free throw line, like the F Ben Simmons chance, but like you'd hear them really come alive when the bench would stand up during the timeouts in the beginning, especially. And Durant, more. And you, you, I'm sure you saw, don't like, no one can get it twisted. Durant made a statement, like not just the Nets, but like yeah. he, he did like an MVP favorite before his injury, before Embiid's reign, before Jokic's reign. And I think he had like 24, like 17 or four or 27, 14. And 
I want to say like five or seven assists, something like that. But 25, Kyrie, 14, and seven. I was going to say, I thought it was seven. So Kyrie was also making a statement. Um, it kind of got ugly fast. They went from booing Simmons up a storm to just booing their own home crowd. Fans were leaving with like seven minutes to go or later. Yeah. And, um, you know, Reggie Miller was, we got our best announcers that we love in the game of basketball and Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller. They were saying, Reggie said, you know, Kevin and Kyrie love this. Like this is, they're teaching Ben something with an atmosphere and environment like this, like with obviously what Irving and Durant have been through and like, <laughs> Tobias Harris, man. I, I don't. It's just like he'll get his baskets, but like you still want him to start. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, breaking it's not news, a, breaking news. We're starting. Wayne Kershaw, one-year deal with Dodgers. Okay, cool. I mean, I was hoping for yeah. something you know that we didn't expect, but like you does to say Correa, weren't didn't you? <laughs> How yeah. old is Kershaw? He's the same age as Jacob DeGrom, which Third. is wild. 33. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was early 30s, but yeah. Um, all right, cool. I mean, the all Dodgers, right. per usual, they're going to be a team to look out for, but yeah. All right, back yeah. to um, Harden. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, the defensive approach that Kyrie took on him in the beginning really set the tone really Kyrie's two-way game he was it was mainly the first half that he was wowing the crowd I'm pretty sure he had that pull-up buzzer beat a three at the end of one Mm, and did you see that video speaking of Tobias the other day where James was crediting him to the media and people were laughing they're like he's trying to you know boost him up he was like he's four for 11 but he played solid defense (laughs) yeah um i didn't see that but that sounds like james harden because the way you put that you don't say it that way you say you can help in other ways besides scoring that's the way you put it but you know harden just uh it was playoff harden yeah and like that's my biggest thing was like you know, the Sixers are going into this game, their fans, everyone, they're like, we won, we won the trade, like crediting themselves really early. And the Nets made a statement and Durant and Irving were like, hold up, we're still here. Ben Simmons didn't even play and they made a statement like that. And we continuously see James Harden crumble in the biggest of games. And that was a prime example of that last night. And they were saying it on the Michael K show out when they were like massaging his calf, like when he was on the bench. Yeah. Maybe they did it for him to, you know, just to cover it up. But like, I highly doubt that. Obviously, he's had the same issue for a while now, but it's just he continues to do that. This is the one fault with this move is like you're banking on a lot with health. Um, you don't have as much death. And you need them both to stay healthy, and you can't have Harden have the vintage Houston playoff performances. We can't count last year because he was hurt, and he did all he could in that game seven against Milwaukee. Um, But it's like 
Oh, man. The Nets, yeah, they have a lot of, you know, negatives and holes themselves. But once you plug Simmons in with a full-time Irving, this could be the best. If they make it through the play and this could be the best eight seed ever. And they made a statement that's like, whether you're Philly, you know, I, I as you know, I'd be confident for my team against them or like other, you know, teams in the East, really. I wouldn't want to play the Celtics right now. Yeah, and most teams in the NBA would say that. But for the Nets, it's like if they made it out the play and you don't want to see them in the first – you don't want to see Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in the first round with, you know, we saw with what Boston did to them on Sunday. But it's like if you had Ben – it's very tough for me to say this. But if you have Ben Simmons, Tatum still is Tatum. But like a six point game can be shrunk a tiny bit more, can make it even more close. And, you know, Durant put on a show that game as well. Irving, I think he had like 18, 19 points, the booze with the crowd. But anyway, we're talking about Simmons. Um, yeah. it's, no, just, it's all right. I kind of have a point that I'm going to make with both teams. No, I was just going to, I was just, basically feeding off Sunday. Uh, that was funny with the whole Kyrie thing with the Boston fans when he said it's like that scorned ex-girlfriend that wants to answer or text back why I left, but she continuously waits. But it's like, you know, I've said to you plenty of times in the past, his play would fit these two perfect when we were desperate at need. But yeah. People in Boston look at that and laugh because – it's like no one misses you. No one wants you. They're just chanting you pretty well. And like they were just chanting Kyrie sucks. He was laughing yeah. at the end of the game. But, you know, back to uh, Thursday night, last night, it's just Brooklyn made a statement. And it's like you don't really want to see us if we can get through this with the mandate being on our side with us getting through the plan. You know, the, the worst situation would be they don't change the mandate and they never get Kyrie against Toronto. Yeah. But if they get through that, I mean, they can obviously beat any team. And Simmons hasn't played since June, but, like, we're going to see them constantly improve. And they have limited time to gel is their thing. But, like, they made a statement last night. And that for all those fans that – are like, yeah, we fleeced them. Yeah, we won the trade. Hold your horses because yeah. you know, you're going up against Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You got what you needed. Like, you guys are set. But it's like, let's remember what James Harden has done at home in the biggest of games under the brightest of lights before in May. And, yeah. like, yeah. So nothing is guaranteed as we've said a million times, the East is absolutely elite, but it's, it's like, like, it's like 10 deep. Well, it's East. 11 if, uh, the, uh, Knicks, but, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So Brooklyn is not a team to take easy, even though for the Celtics, I'm confident after Sunday, but it's like, obviously, like you said, no one would want to play Boston, especially with their defense, but, it's just 
that was a thriller of a game. The viewership was probably really up last night. And, um, you know, you had, yeah, like I said before, you had them chanting F Ben Simmons and booing him. And you had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving talking to the fans. You had all that for the Philly fans to be leaving and booing their own team, which they're, they notably do in big moments. We saw it against Boston before the all-star break. We've seen it when, you know, they've been at the face of it all before, like when they've been expected to perform and that's not even with Harden. And now it's like, listen, all eyes are on you guys. Yeah. Both those teams. And it's like, Philly also took a risk in this deal too. Not just uh, the Brooklyn Nets, clearly, but it's like, like I said, the reason is because of the death and the defense and the health. If you, you just got to stay healthy. Like you gave up a lot of death, a lot of pieces. The Seth Curry revenge game was something we didn't expect. Yeah. I'm sure you saw that. He really put on a show and then yeah, he slowly went the bench and yeah, talked to stuff. And they made a statement for real. And it's funny because me and um me and my friends just like laughed about Brooklyn fans. I'm pretty sure me and you have before too, like in their loyalty. We saw it that game in the garden against the Knicks, how they are, and we saw it um last night with the Brooklyn yeah. chance Philly. And it's just big win for the Nets. They shouldn't be taken lightly. And um yeah, it's like Philly, you can't be guaranteeing anything. Yeah. Um my point I was going to make, you made it with Harden. I feel like both teams took a massive risk with this trade because, like, with Simmons, you don't know when he's going to play. Kyrie, like, we don't know if he can, like, logistically play. And for the Sixers, it's Harden. Like, is he healthy? Is he, Are you getting regular season or playoff Harden when it matters most? And I feel like for both sides, you kind of have, they have to outweigh their risks. And – Despite last night, I'm still sticking with Philly just because I feel like Harden, he doesn't have to be the main guy. And there's a shot that they don't even see the Nets in the playoffs. Like, we, we yeah. don't know. Like And if Embiid is as good as he's been all year, then Harden can kind of just fill in the gaps. But the thing with the Nets is, like you said, like, gelling is going to take a little bit of time. Just how much time, though? Like, is it gonna like we we have like what fifteen games left? Sixteen, around and there. We still don't know when Ben Simmons is even attempting to come back. So it's like, say you you scratch off three more games, four more games, and now you're at you have ten games left, and you're still don't know when your starting point guard is playing. And I, I think that could be the issue. Um, and the point you made about Harden the playoffs, you can kind of make it the same about Simmons. I mean, the, the the amount of pressure on both of them is a lot, but I think Simmons doesn't have to do as much because of KD and Kyrie. But if Kyrie's out, then Simmons is your number two guy, technically. And we've seen him, like, not even try to shoot in the playoffs. Like, like we've seen him, like, fall short like Harden did, and I'm just afraid that both teams might just be leave a little bit to be desired when it comes to, like – 
playing well under pressure, unless you're Kyrie or KD. But even then, we don't know if Kyrie's going to play, and then it's KD by himself, basically. Yeah, I, I like that point a lot. Um, you know, Harden can kind of fill in the gaps and plug in. He doesn't have to be the best player, but, like, ideally he could be. But it's like it goes for the both of them because we saw how dominant Embiid was against the Hawks. Yeah. But it's like you guys both need to stay healthy. You guys both need to do your job. And it's like some outside help when the time comes for Philly will be nice and the defense is gone. Durant laughed at their defense last night and even said it to the reporter in TNT. He was like, they're not a good transition team, so we just had our way bringing it up yeah. in transition. I um and, I, I think that people say like the rivalry, like it's dumb. Like I think that's great for the sport. I think it's great that Katie and MB are going at it. Like I don't understand why people are against that. Like it makes it fun. Yeah. And like another thing too is like you make the point about Ben and James being similar, but it's like if Brooklyn won this deal, it's because for once, they got a future. They mortgaged it for Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry. They mortgaged it for James Harden. And now you get a kid who's two to three all-star games, something like that, an all-NBA player last season. And you get him, and you know what he's capable of at full health, and you know he's only 25. Yeah. And clearly – Kyrie and Kevin are going to re-sign too. So you're going to have them for probably, you could argue the rest of their careers. And then. Well, we'll see. Contracts don't mean much anymore. It's just kind of a matter of where someone wants to be. Yeah. You never know. But it's like with Ben, there's a lot of room to grow, not just with his age, but it's like, what if he develops a mid range for the big leagues? What if he develops you know, even more amazing a vision that he already has in transition, his rebounding, one of the best defenders in the league. He could he's only gonna grow while James Harden has a hamstring issue and he's gonna be 33. And he's a little heavier, like he's yeah. And yeah. like there's especially when you have the two best one-on-one scorers in the world and arguably the best scorer in the world and Kevin Durant and you're doing James Harden too, but it's like the Nets added more pieces in this deal. Mm -hmm. And Seth made a statement. Like I said, Katie and Kai did. It's just, they really spoiled their night and it was really a statement win. And then followed or prior to, another matchup between Denver and Golden State, who two teams that we were going to get into, really. Yeah, Um. do you want to – I guess we can get into Golden State first, and then I can we can pivot off that. Um. Even though they won yesterday, Golden State's been really struggling, and Draymond Green has a lot to do with that. But the, the, the guy I wanted to focus on in this conversation is Clay Thompson because he just – he doesn't look like the player he – was and I think it's call me crazy. Should they start Jordan Poole over him? I mean, Jordan Poole can that dude could ball that, that he's like he Clay Thompson is shooting like three for ten, it feels like every night from three. And like 
I know his defense is great, but he's still a little step slow. He's still not all the way back. And I feel like right now, Poole deserves more of those minutes. And that you could be on the court at the same time. But I don't know. I just feel like they're not winning. And it's apparently obvious that just something's off. And it's probably Draymond Green. But at the same time, Thompson isn't hitting open shots. Like shots that he hits in his sleep. And shooting his shooters go through slumps. I'll agree with that. But he just he looks very like slow and unathletic. And that kind of concerns me a little bit. Yeah. Um I kind of just breeze through the recents, but I think that's I think it's five or six games that they've won in 15. And that yeah, that's the biggest difference is like Clay's back. They're saying it on inside the NBA, Ernie and them last night is like, now that he's back, Poole and Wiggins are taking a big hit. Especially well, Wiggins is really struggling. Yeah. And um, it's going from 20 shots to like 10-ish. And it's like, yeah, the groove isn't there of all the free range that they had in the beginning of the year. But I see the point you're saying, but it's like, this is what he needed. Like he needed, he's going to have a bunch of those games where he has the three for tens. Yeah. It's like, it's been a very long time. So you need him to shake off this rust come postseason. So then he hasn't played with Draymond in two plus years. You're getting Draymond mm-hmm. back Monday. If all goes well, well like he hasn't played in general in two plus years before he came back this year. Yeah. You know? And yeah, Draymond said if fall goes well Monday, he'll return at home against Washington. So it's like things can start to clear up then. He'll take time. He hasn't played himself since January 5th. But yeah, it's another team that's like you got to gel in this small window. But we know what Golden State is capable of. There's championship pedigree all over. Steve Kerr has dealt with a lot of stress lately. Um you have it in your core players. You're getting it back with Draymond. He was very electric on the bench yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's it feels like for how elite they've been. I mean, they're the three seed now, but it's like it feels like a bit of a roller coaster season with them. It's they started out amazing, then you kind of take a back seat to the Suns, then you go on another big win streak, win a bunch of games, and then now they're kind of back to losing, but it's like, it's what happens when you miss your heart and soul. And as you know, has all basketball people who talk to me now, how much of, of a fan I am of Draymond Green and how much he means to them, just not with this yeah. championship experience, but it's like, it's one of the best defenders ever. It's their Ben Simmons, but better. Like yeah. defense, uh, passing, rebounding. His three came back a little Playmaking. bit. And, like, he leads them in assists in most nights. He was an all-star this year, as we know, well-deserved. And it's like, once he's back, they could turn a corner. But it's, you know, the, the rest of the season is going to be fun, like these last 15 games. Like, it's them, it's the Nets. It's You got the small window. Yeah. And Tuesday – this Tuesday would be a good time for Ben to make his return. Like they're at, <laughs> I mean, he needs more time, but they're at Orlando. Um, 
yeah, it's all these, it's, especially with Brooklyn, the whole season, it's just the what if, the what if. It's been just, it's just second year in a row, it's just been everything but basketball that matters. It's just tiring at this point, yeah. And like, and it's not like, it's not like the Warriors are the devil of the media anymore. Everyone loves them. Everyone wants them to win. Everyone would prefer them to be yeah. a Philly or, or a Nets. But it's like, man, it's just, especially with the Suns too. Like we've talked about sleepers in the West, Dallas, Denver. It's like it, the injuries of Draymond Green and, you know, Chris Paul are controlling everything out in the conference. So like, depending on how they come back and how the team looks and except Paul's going to be for a bit of a while longer, obviously, but you know, they've waited for Draymond Green so long and now's the time you guys got, yeah. I don't know how many games does this look like? <laughs> well, the record their left. record is um this is the easiest way to do it. Their record is uh, 45 and 22. So that's 57. They have 15 games left. They're tied for a third. They're tied for second now. So they're not even in second place right now. Yeah. Memphis. Do you think that the, do you think they're the second best team in the West? I, I feel like them go them, Memphis, Utah, Denver, Dallas. I feel like they're all like tied for fourth. It feels like. I would say they are at four. I know that doesn't make sense, but like, you know what I'm saying? My power ranking in the West, short window, I'd just go the Suns at full health. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Then Golden State and me and you like Memphis and uh, Dallas a lot. I'll put them right Utah, behind them. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Speaking you guys know, had anything spectacular to say about Utah, but I like Denver. Yeah. Speaking of Denver, uh, we we were actually going to talk about the MVP race a little bit. Um, who do you? I mean, I'm talking Jokic, obviously. Um, who would you consider to be your like five players? I guess you would say, and like the, your top five, like the like the ladder. I guess you would call it like five to one. And like, I think I'm in the the minority when I say mine, but I'll let you go first. Like five to one, who is your like MVP like ranking right now? All right. Um, <laughs> I like the way it is. Put you on the I spot like, a little bit. So <laughs> I like how the Joker is one and like, you can make the argument. We and you have talked about it a million times and beat and beat. Like can Jokic do that, the handle, but he can like, Look at Rob Perez's uh, recent videos on his media. You've seen them. The left-handed hooks, the footwork. Mm-hmm. You could talk about both their footworks and be like, yo, we've never seen this before. But it's like, it feels like the Joker gets close to it, or if not, a triple-double basically yeah. every night. And like Embiid is still putting up amazing numbers, even with James. We saw him do it against the Bulls Monday night, but it's like, again, let's see it in the postseason. It's time for you to win. And like, we're talking about the MVP race, but it's like, Jokic is just more pure 
like they both have the touch. They both like he's been this beast. Like we've just seen Embiid turn into a guard this past season. He's been this train full of skills for a long time. And then I like Giannis is right there. And then of course Morant and DeRozan. Morant's on the verge of being the two seed. DeMar continues to amaze us as he went through that streak of what I think we've talked about it in the past where he averaged yeah. he had five plus straight games of 35 plus 50%. And like he's 32. No one like everyone thought he'd be a beast. He is arguably the most disrespected player in the league. No one thought he would take the bulls to these standards and these heights. And they are kind of falling a bit. Boston is only a half game back of four now. Yeah. But we know about Boston's experience, but it's like, I got to say it. <laughs> I got to bring a little biasism into this. And I don't, I'm not saying he deserves it, but it's like, if you were to name another candidate, there could be a, you know, a good amount. You could yeah. look at, Nowhere near MVP talks, but have you seen what SGA is doing lately? Like he's, yeah, but all... his team stinks. Yeah, so. he's not an MVP, but he's just the first guy that came to mind besides this one. But the Celtics are seventeen and three in their last twenty. Tatum's last four. He just came off an Eastern Conference Player of the Week. I see the yeah. little smirk on your face. I just got to bring it up. No, I'm gonna. I have a point with him too. Forty-two six. Four and a half assists. He's shooting 55.8, 46 on threes per 10 attempts, 86.8 from the free throw line. Um, his last 20 during that span, he's averaging 37 boards, five assists, 49.8 from the field, 39 from three, 87 from the line. So, like, the heights he's taking his team, this is what Celtic fans have been waiting for. It's why – not saying he deserves it over them, but like he deserves to be in that discussion within the top five to seven to 10, clearly. Yeah. They have the best defense in the league, best field goal defense, best point differential in 2022, best point differential in the East, 10 straight wins against playoff teams after the win. Like since we last talked on here, they won that next game, Tatum 37 against Memphis. They go into the three-day break, the big Nets game Sunday, 54. Yeah. Uh, me and you were texting about it. They get a nice couple of days off again. Uh, Wednesday night, he has 44 in Charlotte. Doesn't even take a night off, it feels like. Especially they, just, at the they just score a lot and give up a lot. They play like a Western Conference team, Charlotte. Yeah. And like – I was surprised that they only put up, what was it, like 1-0 something against the Celtics. I forget what it was, but, you know, I was thinking that when I saw it. It's just like what we, usually about. Yeah, what we usually talk about, how they scored a lot but never defend. But, yeah, I mean, he continuously puts on a show. One game at a time, they keep doing this. The Celtics, as we've said – and I'm still writing that's I don't know if I told you last week, I don't think, but I'm writing a story about them. I was going to finish it one of these next two days, but I don't know if it's happening. But it's like 
that's the big question is are they a contender? We've talked about this. They got the ISO guys. They got the defense. And if Tatum could keep this up, it could he could be in the running for MVP. But Boston could also look like, you know, a sleeper to come out east as well if they can. We know. Listen, we've been saying for a few years, like this kid now in year five too. There's no ceiling. Yeah, could take us anywhere, and that's really what he's doing. It's really Al Horford that's looking like a crucial piece along with Derek White and Grant Williams. Like besides the core, those are the three guys that me and you have talked about that have become just crucial pieces. They won't even score a lot, but they'll control the defense, lock down in the crunch moments, and just, you know, Al's hitting his three back to the way he used to bit or he used to, like the old days in Boston. And now it's like, if he could keep doing that, that would be a huge thing for us in the playoffs. Celtics, man, they continue to win. Okay. So from five to one, I kind of put it together in my head. You kind of have, or one to five, you have Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Morant, Tatum. We could put Embiid two, Giannis three. Okay. I might take Moran out and put DeRozan just because of how much he's amazed the league this season. Okay. So for me, one, I like number one, I have Jokic. I, everyone's like with Embiid and, and I saw a thing like people are stuff sleeping on Jokic. He is the reigning MVP. No one's sleeping on Nikola Jokic just because <laughs> other guys could win it. Doesn't mean we're sleeping on him. He's having like 27 and 14. So He's not my my MVP over Embiid and other guys. Just for the fact that you he lost his second and third options like on the Nuggets, and no one even realizes it. Like at least with like like with, with Embiid, he has Harden now, and like he still has Maxi and Harris, who like are good options even without Ben Simmons. So like his best option is Aaron Gordon, who no offense, but stay in the contest. Um. And then two, I'm going to go Giannis. I think just overall, I just think they're he – just, he just dominates. And I don't know, just the free throws kind of turn me off for Embiid. I know it's the wrong way to look at it, but it's just in the in the playoffs, I know it's a regular season award, but – It's a great opinion. That's and Giannis truth. shoots free throws too. Like I'm not saying they don't. Every great player shoots a lot of free throws, but – it's like nauseating sometimes with Embiid. It's like he shot 19 free throws yesterday. Like 13 of the first quarter he had yesterday, I think. Like that's not – that's – anyway, so then I would have Embiid three. Wow, do I not have John Morant in my top five? I don't have John Morant in my top five because then I would go Luka four because I just feel like that team without him is just not good. <laughs> But they're 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 solid, but they're nowhere near forty wins. They're they're forty and twenty six right now, I think, because they only scored seventy seven points on Wednesday because of a uh, those suddenly resurgent Knicks. Um, and then five, I have Tatum. I think recency bias will help him. Like if he gets down the stretch, he's playing the way he is right now. Voters think recency bias, and it's also they're. 
they're in what fifth place? Like they were in like ninth, and now they're in fifth. And I think what hurts the Rosen is that they literally can't beat good teams. Like they can't beat good teams. So they haven't all season. Like Tatum's being more clutch, I feel like. And with Morant, I don't know. I just feel like those five guys that I'm named are just they mean a little bit more and they've been there a little bit more. And I know Morant is a great year and stuff, but I feel like you have to this is gonna sound weird, but you have to finish like top five in the MVP before you win it. I don't know. That makes no sense. And I know like in football, Patrick Mahomes did it without, but that's a different sport. But I feel like Morant, their team is really good without him. Like they're probably still like a six seed without him, seven seed. If you take Luca off the Mavs, they're like an 11 seed. You know, I'll tell you, you this. Take... Well, you, you want to finish your point, actually. I was going to say, like, you take Embiid off the Sixers, it was very obvious, like, how they look. And Jokic off the Nuggets. Oh, jeez. So that's my feeling about it. And with Tatum, too, I just feel like Tatum's recency bias will get him more votes. And I feel like with social media nowadays, that voter fatigue has become that much more quick that everyone's like loving John Moran and he's doing all these dunks and stupid shots. He's freaky athletic. I think that because of the amount of people talk about him, that it gets tiring and then you want to talk about someone else. And that's how all these awards work. It's always like the, the coach of the year is never the best coach. It's always the team that wasn't supposed to be good and they are good. That's always the coach of the year. It's recency bias and like who's the popular guy, of course. Well, regardless, Jokic is going to win it, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's it's all basically recency bias. But all right, we're going to take the Celtics writer Taylor Snow. He reports for them. I always retweet him. Maybe you always see it, but we're pretty on point. He's his top ten. This is this week's NBA key MVP ladder. Mm-hmm. This was tweeted at 5.30. Um, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis tied for second. Morant's fourth. DeRozan, five. Tatum up to six. Where's Luka? Doncic. Okay. Curry. Booker, nine. Chris Paul, ten. Okay. Um, the problem with Booker and Paul is they kind of cancel each other out. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I'm trying to think of guys I would put in there. Jimmy Butler? No. They are the one seed. I don't think he deserves that just because, like, do I think he gets recognition? Yeah, I believe he should, but I don't think Just they win with anyone that team. It's weird. Yeah, and we've talked about how many games they've missed, and he has been Mm. spectacular, but, like, he's just the king of knickknacks. Yeah, he's always got like a bruised thigh. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all right with that. Um, like Morant, like he's not in my top five, but he's probably like six or seven. I probably put him over DeRozan because DeRozan just, like I said, they don't beat good teams, and that kind of matters to me when you're going to win an MVP. Um, yeah, no it's LeBron. True. I mean, I didn't even think of that too. If it was just stats that mattered and like individual, individual, individual performance, he's for sure. Yeah. But just when your team's not good, you're not going to get any votes. Um, 
You got any? Uh, you got anything else to add? I feel like a pretty uh slow week in basketball besides that one game. Stephen A. Smith on Ime Udoka. This this coach, he is the coach of the he is a coach of the year candidate. He's doing an outstanding job. He's got the plan together. He's got the plan selfless. Yeah, they got him, Udoka, Bickerstaff. They've kind of figured it out again because Darius Garland's ridiculous. I'm shocked yeah. he's not in there. I saw his recents have been oh my god. Well, so him, Bickerstaff, the guy from Miami. Oh, not Miami, Memphis. Uh, Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins, is that his name? Yes, that's Taylor the Jenkins. guy from Memphis. Yeah, he won't win it, but I think Ty Lue deserves some love because he doesn't have his top two players, and they're still kind of like competing. Um. Those four, I feel like, and then you got like the Spolstra, Monty Williams, like the top seeds, but they they never win the award. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's um, yeah, I'm alright with that. I'm alright with saying Udoka. By it's, the way, most points in a three game span in Celtic history is Tatum last season with 128. Once this year in March, 124. Okay. That's the fourth spot. The one I read first is second. Bird and 85 with 126. And Tatum, Jesus. March 3rd to March 9th, 135. Wow. So he I just was going to say something off like ranking wise. I forget what I was going to read though. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say though? No, I'm just like. He's just taking over the Celtics. But, I mean, he's not Larry Bird yet. we got a while for that. Um, but, yeah, I think that – The next Tatum, Kobe. Yeah, I think Tatum's kind of underrated just because he's been in the league for five years now and there's been other guys that have come in with him, like Luca burst onto the scene. Then Trey Young came in and then – um. What's his name? John Morant. Everyone, and he's also, yeah, and he's also not really dramatic. He's just very, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, no one talks about dramatic players. So he's well spoken and stuff too, always. Yeah, he's not, he's not, you know, stomping on logos or getting to fights with fans or he's always had that mindset. Wearing a fat suit. Yeah, the way he like just composes himself. Yeah. He just has always had that mindset. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh that's all we got this week. It's kind of a slow week in basketball, but with the playoffs coming up, it's gonna get a lot more exciting. And there's a big slate of games this week. We got New York playing Brooklyn, the Knicks on Sunday, as well as they play Memphis tonight. The game will probably be final by the time you guys see this. Um, yeah, we got some great games. Toronto, Denver, Milwaukee, Golden State, Cleveland, Chicago. I'm reading them off here. Lakers, no, actually, no. Forgot it. Forget I said Lakers, Phoenix. No, not a good game. <laughs> um, Dallas, Boston, that's a good game. Um, yeah, so I think uh, this is a good spot to end it here. I think one of our shorter episodes, but, you know, like By I said, way, I, what's up? Another Tatum stat I just saw. Most 50-point games. Three times as many 50-point games as any other player over the past year. Wow. He's got six. Giannis has two. Curry's got two. Dame's got two. Does that account, does that count uh, playoffs? 
or uh, just regular I season? I believe so, yeah, because when they th- named the bird stat of, like, how he's tied him with four, they didn't count. Like, I put it on my Instagram story. They put six for Tatum and four for Bird and then nine for Jordan because they didn't count the, the playoffs. If you count the playoffs, Tatum's got six with the – he had 50 against the Wizards in the plan and 50 against the Nets last year. Yeah, but um, we could sit here all day and name these uh, crazy stats that that guy's breaking. He's just on an unreal tear. <laughs> um, but I think I'm this is a uh, spirited. Yeah. So you got any uh, plugs before we head out? Nothing, man. I'm excited for Boston. We got a game tonight against the Pistons, and then I'll be there Sunday. But. I hope to get the Celtic story out one mm. of these days. Yeah, coming up, and then another story. But yeah, nothing. What about yeah. you? Uh, no. I mean, uh, I got a story actually. I got a couple. I did some uh, re- recaps or news stories on Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz. I will also have one on Khalil Mack. They'll all be on my link tree that you can find down below in the in the description. Or if you're listening to the audio, just go to my Instagram at RichieDortis23 or at RD Sports Blogs, as well as follow us on Instagram at the Sports Bible Pod. You can now find us on TikTok. We have no content up there yet. It's the same thing, just Sports Bible Pod. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends about this. Um, we will let you know. I'll let. Well, yeah, we will let you guys know during the week when the next episode is just because next week's going to get a little hectic with March Madness. Hoping you guys have a lot of success for your pools. Hopefully you guys got some good bets going down. Um, I have to say this, but I do not condone betting. But, you know. Yeah, I don't either. But Yeah, it's a good, good solid podcast. You know, just a little MVP takes. If you guys comment your MVP also below who you think is going to win in comment, what you think about the Warriors, the Nets, the Sixers. If you guys have a fast suit and Tarn can borrow when things go bad, um, you know, just that's all I got. Um, you got anything else, Rob? Nothing, man. Another great one. All right. See you all soon. And don't forget, we're going to need these. Baseball's back. Enjoy the free signings. Yeah. Hopefully next week we got more signings we can talk about and, we can go a little bit more in depth about it. Yep. Of course. All right. See you later. Peace out, bro.